Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. And I've had some time to think about this. I've had some time to think about this. Because during the the episode that got lost, May She Rest in Peace, we had a conversation about how new coming listeners don't know when the movie discussion part of our podcast starts. And I think that that's valid, except for the fact that if you rewind 45 seconds, you'll hear me say movie club and improv comedy, which is to say that, which is to imply, I would say, that everything's kind of intertwined. Yeah, but I feel like most of our listeners come for the movie, stay for the improv. So when they come for something, they want, it's like one of those things when people go see a comedy show or even like a music like concert, if it's your first couple of times, you don't realize that your guy is not coming out until after like an opener. Yeah. Like and you're 45 like, minutes. And, and I remember like, that. I remember my first concerts and being like, all right, I'm ready for the, I'm ready for, I'm ready for the guy now. I'm ready for the guy. And it being like 45 minutes. But we don't waste 45 minutes of your time. We waste 6 to 12 minutes of your time before we get to the movie segment. The problem is is new people don't know. So those people complaining. I feel like our veterans know this, but the new people don't know. Which is why I want to talk about it as frequently as possible. I want to throw them under the bus. I want to feel. I want to make new listeners feel targeted and attacked, so that they know the vibe of this podcast as quickly as possible before we move on to something else. Right, which is going to be super confusing when halfway through the podcast I realize you're not the attacker at all, and I am, <laughs> and for some reason I'm defending them right now. It's going to be very weird. They're not going to know who. Like what characters are characters or what our background is, personalities. We're just, to be honest, I don't think this is going to happen, but I've listened to podcasts where like the voices were just a little too similar and I got those guys confused all the time. Oh, for sure. And then they're going to go back, you know, listen through our back catalog, go back, you know, 30, 40 episodes, and then you put the audience on the front lines every possible moment you get the opportunity to. Yeah. And they're going to be like, wow, I'm glad I didn't join until almost episode 100. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, See, here's the thing, audience. You're jo- If you're joining us now, it's a good time. And another 100 episodes, it's going to be even better, okay? But you want to get in while we're early. So that way, like when we start putting out exclusive merch and stuff, it's just like, a bragging right that you got in like on the penny stocks and you know what that's a that's a discussion for another day let's let's just go let's keep the intro short let's move into the movie segment and we'll 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 bring this is not a buried hatchet the hatchet is still like it is in a case but it's not buried i have the key to the hatchet at any given point in time and i will unlock it so i have a question What's the difference between a hatchet and a tomahawk? Are tomahawks just meant to be thrown? Is that the only difference? Why on earth do you think I would know the difference? I wanted to see you try. (laughs) I mean, the only... I mean, tomahawks don't have a book by Gary Paulson written about them. Okay. Nice callback. I like the reference. Okay. Um, Anything else you got? Tomahawk steaks. One quick Google search leads to believe that a hatchet is small it's like a handheld weapon and tomahawk is like a longer tool so uh i, w- boy, I would oh compare boy. that sounds a lot like an axe yeah so a hatchet is kind of like like baton sh- length and then a tomahawk is probably closer to like a short sword length uh, or something like that you're right i shouldn't have asked you i'm even more you're confused right when we started and i have no <laughs> confidence that your answer is correct so let's get into our movie uh it's the beginning of our Jackie Chan, Jackie July theme we have going for this month. We're starting off with what might be the sh- movie that tipped him over to be the great famous person he is now. It made him famous in the West. This is like his favorite movie. It's called Police Story. We are going to be doing all spoilers for this because the movie is almost 40 years old. And if you want to hear us talk about this at all, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code. 1843. Now, n- not to say anything about the quality of this movie, but I can't imagine 
being an actor and then having my breakout role be my favorite and then have 40 more years in my career after that. Just like, man, I emotionally peaked pretty early. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was because he was so hands-on in this movie. Sure. I think he's hands-on in all of his movies, to be honest with you. It seems like he's the one picking and choosing stunts because he does all of them. He's like the freaking... Asian Tom Cruise. We're like, hey, let's just do a bunch of crazy stuff. And we're not doing stunt doubles. Yeah. And to be honest, so, Tom Cruise is probably just the white Jackie Chan, except. Yeah, that's probably a better. It's probably a better, <laughs> better way of saying it. Um, so, Police Story is a 1985 movie, and it is an action comedy. And the thing that I will say up front action, fantastic. Like, genuinely amazing to watch. The comedy is incredibly subjective. It leaves something to be desired. So, the premise of this movie is it opens with this super intense chase scene where Jackie Chan and his, um, and his, like, a precinct of cops are trying to get this big criminal, you know, this big uh, organized crime ringleader kind of character. For sure. And it's this 10-minute chase sequence of you know, with explosions and car crashes and driving through buildings and big fight scenes. And they get the guy. They arrest him. And in the process of doing so, they get one of his, like, underlings. And she becomes a key witness for the court case. And the movie is essentially, hey, Jackie Chan... You need not his name, but like his character, who is Officer Chan, I'm pretty sure. And they're like, hey, you need to protect this witness for the next 24 ish hours until she can make her statement or she can give testimony during the court case. Okay. And, and that's by the, the movie. way, it feels weird when it happens because you're like, isn't she the bad guy? And yeah. he's the good guy. And they were just fighting. Like, maybe. Put a dude who's not connected to the case on it. You know, this feels weird and that he you're does, doing it. And he does protest. He's like, and that's what he says. He says, are you sure I'm the best guy for this? There's a little bit of tension between us. And the chief of police was like, nah, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And believe it or not, uh, it wasn't fine. Actually, yeah. it might have caused a few problems. This Okay, dude. Also, I because it's Jackie Chan, you become extremely aware of everything he's doing. And we also know where his career is going. So we know, like, I'm sure when this came out, we're like, oh, he does very comedic stunts. He does. He's a very physical actor. And then when you see this, you're like, oh, yeah, this is just like running. This is just who Jackie Chan is. You know, it's what you expect. Yeah, it's 100% what you expect. But I'm sure when it came out, like every stunt you see, you're like, how is he doing this? How? Like, this is crazy. And I'm like... Now, let's be clear. There are a lot of stunts from this movie that I genuinely thought, like, still to this day, very cool stunts. Like, there, there's one shot in particular where he, like, jumps over a car so he can kick through the windshield of the car facing yeah, opposite to it. Yeah, that was pretty it. sweet. And I'm like, there are so many stunts over the course of this movie that are just part of an action sequence that it happens so fast that if you're not paying really close attention, you can miss the coolest parts of the fight because it happens so fluidly. Yeah, it's crazy impressive, dude. Um, They called like the production team called this movie the glass story because glass gets broken all the time. No window survives. No display case survives. No mirrors survive. It's crazy, dude. And just in general, there's a lot of structural collateral damage. Right. Like almost to the point where you're like, are we better as a society for for the structural sacrifice we have made to catch this one person? Like an entire village got destroyed in the in the Dude, opening of the movie. I just thought I'm like, oh, now thousands of people are homeless. Yes, thousands of people are homeless. Hundreds of thousands in property damage. Like, like I cannot express to you how literal we mean when we say two cars drive down a mountain, smashing into every building they can along the way, and that's just 
what they do. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Oh, right after that scene, there's a the bus scene, which m- might have been my favorite stunt um, situation in the whole movie. It was crazy because the whole time I'm thinking, oh, that's really him. And I don't. I don't know how he's doing this safely. I think he's just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was And crazy when the impressive. bus slams to a halt and then just like three guys fall out of the front of the bus, yeah. some of them off the second story of the bus. And we're just like, oh, they just like hit the ground. Just like yeah. straight up. It was crazy, dude. I mean, I, I mean, we could just talk about stunts. I feel like this is going to be every single movie we do this month. It's just going to be, holy crap, Jackie Chan did this, did this, did this. It's it's wild. Now let's talk about some weird spots, like when he's answering the phones. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. I This was also a segment that needed to be bring up for better or, you know, for worse. So he gets put on desk duty. And to be honest, I can't even remember why. I think he loses the girl that he's supposed to be watching. Yeah. So they punish him, put him on desk duty. He's the only one in the office and his girlfriend And he's calls. only there for like a day. Right. His girlfriend calls. He's on the phone with her. And then four other phones ring and he's trying to hold four different conversations. All these people are calling 911 and he's supposed to dispatch them. And hilarity ensues. Except for, I didn't think it was funny. I get it why wasn't. people would, but I didn't think it was. Because the joke is like he gets all the phones mixed up, not just in terms of conversations, but physically. And so at the end of the bit, all the phones are just like stretched all the way across the room. And there's this big web of tangled phone cords. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess. Cool. My husband abuses me. And then he's on the phone with somebody else. I lost my cat and he's getting them mixed up. And he's also talking to his girlfriend. I'm like, yeah, I bet you this was funny back then. But I'm like, I've seen a million different versions of this. Yeah. And he ends up telling somebody's mother to take like double dosage plan B. And we're just like, hmm, interesting. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it definitely felt weird. And I'm trying to think of like other interesting. Oh, the court scene. Yeah. So the court scene is something else that you know, I want to talk about because it happens. It's only about halfway through the movie. So there's still a lot to go after this. And it's one of my least favorite trope storytelling tropes. I'm going to say is the court guy whose argument is so stupid. People don't know how to argue it because that was that entire court case. It was like, did you see him in the bus? And he was like, yeah, I saw him in the bus. He goes, so you saw the whole bus. He was like, yeah. He goes, you didn't look away at all. And he goes, no. And he goes, not even for a second. He goes, okay, maybe for a second. He goes, so you didn't see him. And like, did you, and you didn't see the whole bus, did you? Because how did you see the other side? It's impossible to see all the That sides. was the argument that really tipped me over the edge is the, oh, so you saw the whole bus, but you didn't see the other side of the bus. So how could you have known what was going on on the other side of the bus? And we're just like, hey, that is so not relevant. It's baffling. But I like, think they're no like, one what if you ha- would have jumped off the bus while and you couldn't see him? I'm like, yeah, the bus was also going 40 miles per hour. So no, if he would have jumped, he would have saw something. And when Jackie Chan makes that arrest on the bus, the organized crime guy is like, take a bribe and let me go. And when that's brought up in the court case, the organized crime guy's lawyer is like well if you were just a regular guy carrying company money on the bus and someone threatened you wouldn't you give them money to try to like try to defuse the situation right and if someone puts a gun at you wouldn't you give them what you have i'm like come on bro what are we doing like i mean we can make all these straw man arguments all day but like is it hey you have bad lawyers like the state lawyers are just bad at their job because they should have like been calling BS left and right on all that. Of course. And then there's another trope where like there's audio confession, right? But yeah. this lady who obviously is a bad guy escapes. So all they have is the audio recording that she said she was affiliated. However, she knew that this is going to be used in court and then taped over it with just embarrassing noises suggestive conversation yeah and of course they play that in court because no one listens to things beforehand yeah and it was supposed to be you know awkward and embarrassing and 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 instead we all saw it coming a mile away and it was just weird and that and then the second half of the movie 
still ha- the second half of this movie still has really cool action sequences but loses me pretty hard in terms of the plot well seeing the because- fact that i don't remember what happens and i watched <laughs> this like three or four days ago i remember the mall scene obviously Yes. I don't remember how they got there or why they're there. So Jackie Chan is still looking for Selena, who is the the witness that he has been protecting. A- even after the court case, he is trying to find her. And eventually she eventually he gets a tip that she is with she's being held captive by the mob boss's like lieutenant or something like that. He goes to rescue her. And while he's there, gets framed for murder of one of his police associates who just so happens to be dirty. And so now, not only did he lose the witness, but now he's being framed of killing a cop. And so he goes back to the station and they're like, do you, do you know where you were? Do you know what happened? And he's like, not really, which was a bad answer. Could have said anything else. Yep. But instead hey man, opted to say nothing. Think about it. Freaking think about it. And then I start to lose the plot a little bit because then I think they find the mob boss, the guy that actually killed the dirty cop, and then chase them through the mall. And then after the mall action sequence, they're just, there's not really any true resolution. They're all just kind of like, we did the best fighting of the movie. Now the movie's over. Bye. Yeah. It's just, dude, I don't, the movie was just, it was truly just over. Like, I don't know. I think the fighting was over. I think it was literally just like, hey, man, we blew our budget on injuries pretty much. And uh, we need to be done. Um, yeah. The, so can we the hospital bills up? are starting to rack up. So let's uh, let's wrap this up if you don't mind. Yeah, it was just I don't know. Here's the thing, dude. I don't know how much more we can talk about this. I literally just there's one more thing. It's the stunt where he goes down the pole. Right. Um, it's like five stories. And while there's why there's a fireman pole in the middle of this freaking mall, who knows? But he goes Jackie Chan. I mean, it's just like he does stunts in this movie and seriously injures himself. And I think yeah. this is going to be a common thing in all Jackie Chan movies. I think it's going to be a common thing that this guy's doing crazy stunts and we're going to talk about stunts all the time. I think we have talked the plot to death and there's not much there. <laughs> there the thing is, is there is a lot there. It's just... I don't like the storytelling of it very much. Right. Um, Also, I think we should probably tell our audience, the movie's in Chinese. Yeah, but I've also watched enough foreign language movies at this point to where that doesn't bother me. Yeah, it doesn't bother me either. I just think people should know, hey man, you clicked the right movie. It's just, you're going to be reading subtitles. So, I think this movie is a flat seven for me. Really good, really good action. But, and the story is necessary to break up the action because, you know, 75 minutes of just action is nothing. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I didn't find the story very compelling. So, but the action is so good. It's that, that's a flat seven. I'm giving it a flat six. I think it's just like, this might just be the problem with coming off of freaking six Terminator movies. <laughs> it's like, Action is cool, but it needs to be something I've never seen before. And unfortunately for this movie, I've already seen Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> so it's good. Um, but like the dialogue is not there. The comedy is not there. So I just dropped the ball a little too much for me, but I'm giving it a flat six. All right. Uh, Alex, what is our improv segment? I got a new one for you. Coming and in- Alex was... <laughs> A little, a little hazy on the details when we started recording. So, did you lock them in? Are we I good? Figured it out. It is new, so we'll workshop it a bit. It's good, bro. It's a contest. It's a game. Um, it's classic improv, except for we're trying to make the other person mess up. So this could be a no but situation. This could be a I don't know what you're talking about situation. This could be not giving you the response you need situation, and you just need to make the other person not say anything. But so, but obviously if they give, if they say something to you, you can't not respond because it'll seem like you're messing up. So you have to respond to something. Just respond so difficultly with the most difficulty that the other person can't respond. So we're going to be the worst scene partners we can. And if the other person can't respond in like a couple seconds, then you won. I'll do like best two out of three or something. Different scenes. Okay. Whatever. You're just trying to sabotage the other person. Sure, sure, sure. So no breaking character and you have to say something. Um, What do you want to do first? Okay. 
Um, uh, so I have a scene idea. I think this is a good idea for this where it's, Oh, I don't know if I said this, the improv segment is called fool me once. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, so the scene is, (laughs) it's a scene from game of Thrones, including a character that got cut for very obvious reasons. Does that make sense? No. (laughs) So, so, so it's like a game of Thrones type setting, except Mm -hmm. one character very clearly does not belong in this setting for one reason or another. Okay, sweet. I can do that. House Targaryen, we come with a message from across the land. Hey, bro. Um, are we eating or what? I think we just won the war. House the house from across the land, the Starks, come with a message saying that we owe them the gold that financed the war. Bro, what are you talking about? There is no message. I- I was just there. I, but I am holding the paper in front of me, and it says that we owe them, owe them three thousand gold by the end of the next fortnight, in order to make it, in order to ensure that our allyship shall make it through these peace times. Actually, the paper does not say that. What does it really say? It says that we owe them three. What are you not getting about this? I am your trusted advisor. Why are you like dissing me on this? He, okay, let's break it down like this. I've known you allegedly my whole life. I've met you in person twice. So, I mean, you haven't really been there. But here's what you aren't understanding. Despite the fact that our meetings are so few, my position is so high that you must understand that I am your father. Here's it. I don't believe you. And I'll give you a reason why. Um, That guy right over there. Hey, dad, can you please raise your hand? Yeah, that guy. That's my dad. So. I see nobody over there. Are you hallucinating once again, sir? Well, see, okay, if you look to your left, about three guys down, the guy, raise your hand. That guy right there, that's my dad. So Again, there are only two of us in this room. We are in your bathhouse. What, I, are you expecting other people in your bathhouse? We're in my bathhouse. I thought, I could have sworn when we started this conversation, uh, you were like in charge. So the fact that I would have a you bathhouse. You are in charge. Be, I'm in charge. That's interesting. Now- Hear me out. That's why I was... Hold on. That's why I was delivering a message to... Did you not understand that? That I was delivering to you a message because it was important that you handled it because you are the one in... Did you not make that connection? No. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a guy standing right next to me who happens to be the king. So it makes a lot more sense that you were talking to him. You know what? I'm starting to get to smell in this bathhouse and... um. I'm starting to sense that there might be a natural gas leak. Have you been have you been heating your bathhouse with natural gas? Not necessarily. I would say I've been releasing natural gas because this is, of course, a bathhouse. So I'm doing what you're supposed to be doing. Okay. Farting. So Farting is what I'm talking now, about. Now, okay, I gathered that, actually. Thank you very much. Now, I... I'm getting quite concerned for the state of your mental health because I have been talking to some of the uh, servants around here and they have been saying that you have not left your quarters for two weeks and that kind of mental trepidation is surely to break you after a certain amount of time, especially hey man, I'm stop if there, right there is a natural gas leak. I've been diagnosed with OCD. Do you know what that means? No, explain it to me. It means I like things a certain way. I'm pretty sure that's what it stands for. Yeah, that's exactly it. Not dumbing it down at all. Great job. Right. I like things a certain way. So your guys ratting me out saying, hey, he likes things a certain way just adds on to what I already know and I thought everybody knew. See, now I think that you don't know what you're talking about because that sentence you just said didn't make any sense. And now, as your advisor, I think that I have the right and the power to assume the throne that you are refusing to take. Okay, how about we rock, paper, scissors for it? All right, fair enough. Okay, except when I say shoot, I'm going to shoot you, Coxgun. So I'm starting to think... (laughs) We're, we're good enough at this that we're not going to mess up. I don't know so how just, we're going to do this. So did we just backdoor an accidental use of no but? I think we can go out of our way to sabotage the other person, but the other person will always say something. 
that's the problem with us being way too confident in how funny we are is that we have we lack the ability to shut up i am it's just like i'm refusing to bomb if i keep talking there won't be enough silence for me to realize i'm doing horribly yeah oh my god i mean we can give it another shot except for this scene we won't we won't set it up and the okay, other person will okay, just have okay. to figure it out and hopefully that okay. that messes us up. Okay. Hey man, how's it going? I think it's going pretty good. Um are you are you new here? Uh no. I've been at this company for like uh 7 years. So I understand that this is your onboard training and we're waiting for everyone else to show up if that's okay. Oh, I mean, I must be in the wrong place cuz I'm just trying to order some food, man. Delvin Matthews, is that you? Are you Delvin Matthews? No, I'm Derek. Um, just here to pick up a pizza. Okay, okay, okay. Now, if you can come into the back with me, uh, we'll show you your apron and your name tag and get you started on everything. Hey, um, don't know if you heard me. It, it's okay if you didn't. Um, but I'm here to pick up a pizza. Should be under Derek, first and last Picking name. Up a- Pizza is, uh, let me check real quick. Yeah, not in our employee training modules. So unfortunately, that's something that you're going to have to take on on kind of like your own extracurricular time. Um, so I have a question. I have a couple questions, actually. Um, yeah. What is stopping me from just leaving? Can I quit? Um, you w- I mean, you wouldn't get the job. And based on the interviews that we had with each other, you're pretty desperate for money. Well, how much does this job pay? $400 an hour. You know, um, I think I might make this work. What is it we do here if it's not make pizza? Oh, no, no, no. We make pizzas. You just can't pick up pizzas, obviously. Sure. Okay. Second question. Um, oh, do you have any pronouns that I should be using? Just whatever floats your boat, really. So you're letting me pick your pl- pronouns? It's kind of, I'm just kind of loosey-goosey all over the place. Okay, and this definitely feels like something I'm going to end up in HR for tomorrow. Um, this doesn't sound good at all. Now, back here, you know, register, kitchen, hey, man, um, before, bathroom. Before we go, are you sure I'm supposed to pick your pronouns? Is that what everybody else is doing? Because I don't want to be the only guy. I'm pretty sure I don't want to be the only guy who's calling you something when everyone else is doing something else. So if this is a prank, you got me. But what should I be doing? Here's what I'm going to say. No one's going to correct you on anything. So as long as you just say something, you technically cannot be wrong. Now, as I was saying, register, kitchen, bathroom. Okay, man. Or, you know, I got another question. Yeah. Um, You're gonna ask about my pronouns for a third time? Yeah, I feel like actually, that's kind of beating a dead horse. <laughs> I've been trying to transition to a different part of the of the onboard program for like ninety seconds, and you're not letting me. Speaking of uh, transition, um, I was wondering, is there anything I can help with with yours? Clearly not. Until I finish the onboard program training. Okay. Okay. You know. Let's just, can we speed this up? I I actually have a real job to go to after this. Oh, so. a real job? What we do here isn't a real job? I see how it is. Now, I was going to show you the secret dungeon in which all the money really gets made, but clearly you haven't proven yourself straight smart enough to handle it. There, here's, listen, man, I'm a little confused um, on a couple things. Um, no, you don't get to ask any more questions. No, I refuse to answer you. So you're going to take me into a dungeon where I can't I ask was? questions. Not anymore. So you were going to take me into a dungeon with me asking no questions. When you, you asked for- to ask questions when you got into the dungeon, but you never let me get to that point. How many people have been to the dungeon? Like 14. How many it's people- It's not a super secret. How many people leave the dungeon? Like, do people work there? Also 14. It's not a murder dungeon. But you understand why dungeon would be confusing, right? Yeah, but I would have had time to explain it if you hadn't cut me off four times. Okay, so as you might guess, I have a question. Um, Believe it or not, I'm not surprised. In fact, I have a surprise for you. Security is going to be here in 17 seconds. Make use of that time, buddy. Are you a smoker? Not 
of all the questions you could ask right now, that's the one you land on? I'm just wondering. Yeah, you just seem like a smoker. Um, helium. All right, security's here. Get him, boys. Cox gun. Okay. Yeah, dude, I don't know if we can do the segment again because we can't lose. What the heck, man? That was an impossible situation. Oh, man. Also, what? I have absolutely no way to describe the character I just did. Dude. We have never said no to each other in a scene so many times. Like, you were trying to go one place. I said no. And I tried to do it my way. And you said no. We were going nowhere. And then the argument just became about us going nowhere. Right. Yeah, I don't know if we can. I mean, we can try and do this improv segment later. But, like, I don't see how we're going to have winners. Maybe this might be one of the audience lets us know. Yeah. Reach out, audience. Let us know who did better. Who was the better saboteur? Who had had the best recoveries? Let us know because I don't see a clear winner. All right, Alex, what do you have for the middle segment? Middle segment is called Acquired Taste. It's a new one. Um, okay. Craig, we have a couple different middle segments where we quiz each other on things the other person doesn't know about or try to stump the other person. This is these. I'm going to name off a couple things that are just acquired taste. And I'm not trying to stump you. I'm just trying to have you rank them best to worst, right? And tell me why. And they just happen to be things that you don't know the most about. But there's no right or wrong answers. These are all subjective. What's the best? What's the worst? Some of these, you might be able to check stats, but most of it's subjective. I think the audience is going to be interested because they all, a lot of them are going to have opinions on what they think is better. Yeah. So I just want you to pick a side and see what they think. So I got 10 things and then a final essay where you can just talk about and you can just talk about whatever you want. So here we go. Best handgun companies. You got six hour. Glock and Smith and Weston. Okay, so here's here's the thing. The the first one you name, what was it? Cinnamon Sour. Uh, yep. Very, they're like an indie brand. So those are the ones that you go to when you're like, man, everyone's getting these guns. I want this one. Okay. And then um, Glock is it's like that's the Starbucks of guns, right? Like everybody knows a Glock, right? Right. Everybody knows how to like everybody knows that. And then you have the Smith and Weston, which is the classic. Yep. They're the ones you learn about in school for some reason. Like Smith and Weston is in all the history books. I'm sure that's not funded, you know, by shady back deal organizations. Sure. But so if you so want to rank them best to worst, best to worst, you know, I think Smith and Weston classic for a reason. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then you've got then you've got the cinnamon sour patch kids yep. that, you know, underrated, underrated hidden gem. Mm-hmm. And then you have and then you have the Glocks on the third. Not because they're not because they're the worst, but because, you know, they're what you expect. Very they don't good. defy expectation. Yeah. Um. Okay, sounds good. Um, Next, we're going to do pickup truck brands. This is the classic. Everyone's got an opinion on these. You got Chevrolet, Ford, and Ram. Um, Ram, I'm going to tell you right now, very bottom of the list. Because, listen, not because of their structural qualities, but because every person that I've seen drive a Ram wants to ram me off the highway. And quite frankly, I'm not a fan of that. Every time a car, every time I'm already going like 80 in the left lane, like faster than I should be. Mm -hmm. And there's still another car that wants to go faster than that. It's usually a Ram. So I'm like, hey, guys, let's pack it in a little bit. Makes sense. And then get it. So you have Chevy um, and Ford then. And then I'm going to put Chevy at number two because because I I think Ford is number one. And then so that leaves the number two spot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Makes sense. Okay, we're going to do NBA players under 25. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, I I can say these names as much as you want. Um, You got Luka Doncic, which is Luka. Trey Young and Ja Morant. Okay. Luca Is Trey, Ja his ja. first name? Yeah. Ja. Okay. So Luca, I'm gonna put it number one because Luca got nominated for an Oscar this year. And so that has to speak for something. You know, best animated movie. Bro, of I the was year. so lost. Yes. Yeah, okay. I got you. Know. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so what? He, he gets number one, obviously. So we got Trey and Ja left. 
Yeah. Jaw, you know, obviously the mind goes to Jaw Rule. Not very familiar with his work either, so that doesn't really help me in this scenario. Yes. Jaw Rule, um, the NBA player under 25. Uh, so Trey, I'm going to put jaw at number two and then I'm going to put Trey at number three because I knew a kid in middle school named Trey wasn't a biggest fan of him. Okay. We're going to do tool brands. Tool yeah. brands. Yeah. Craftsman, okay. DeWalt, and Makita. You know what? This is where my ignorance will shine for just a second because I am offended that you didn't put Black and Decker on here. So I thought about it and I thought that would be such a clear bottom of the list. That I had to mix it up. Okay, so it's DeWalt. Craftsman and Makita. Craftsman and uh, Lakita. Mm, yeah, and exactly. So I'm going to put Craftsman at number one. No, okay. no, because I, I have to use the same logic, all right? Craftsman is the Starbucks of power tools. So Got you. All right. I guess by that logic, it has to go at number three. Um, and that's a precedent that I've set for myself. And yep. what am I if not a man of principle? Mm-hmm. So then number two will have to go to Leica Studios. And then number one is DeWalt. Easy, easy. No explanation easy needed. Um, <laughs> number five. We're almost halfway. We got Sport. Almost halfway? Five. After we do five, you'll have accomplished half of them. Okay. So we're okay. doing motorcycle companies for sport vehicles. So we're doing Kawasaki, Yamaha, and Honda. Kay. Also, a notable absent from the list is Ducati, which a lot of people put as number one, so I excluded them. So you got Kawasaki, Yamaha, and Honda. Yamaha, number one. Favorite electric keyboards. Big fan of your keyboards. You do a gotcha. great job of that. Okay. Number two, Honda, because, you know, I appreciate the ability to diversify your portfolio, cars and motorcycles. And then yep. the third one is the other one you said. Kawasaki. Sounds good. Yeah, that's what I said. Yep. Uh, number six, we have female R&B artists. Okay. So we're going to do SZA, Her, and LMA. The only one that I've heard of is SZA. I don't. And so, th- so when I think of SZA. So does that make her three SZA, or one? No. He, they, they, actually, there's a whole different thought process on that. So okay. SZA makes me think of the RZA, who <laughs> yep. was, in fact, in a Disrupts for Hire by Epic Lloyd like a decade ago. So based on that connection and that connection alone, it has to go. It doesn't have to go. Actually, I know I gave an explana- a long-winded explanation, but it, I'm going to put her at number two, all right? And then I'm going to put her, yep. Yep. her, right? Mm-hmm. I got to put her at number one as an expression of my own feminism, right? Like, sure. how do you express feminism more than putting her at number one? Right. And then LMA. three is LMA, obviously. Because if you're going to be LMA, you may as well be LMFAO. Sorry for party rocking. Which is interesting because her name is Ella and her last name is May. Oh, which is, interesting. Yeah. This was not a distinction that you made before we started this. Let's yeah. move on to number six. Number seven. So we don't sit in my... Im- oh, all right. <laughs> Things are just going good for me all around. Best NFL wide receivers. Oh, I got this one in the bag. We got- I got this one. Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams, number one, obviously. Number two, Mr. Cup. Yep. And then number three is Tyree the Kill. other one, Tyreek Hill. Yep. Got you. Now we're going to go. No explanation needed, obviously. Uh, yes. Uh, best cut of steak. We got ribeye, tenderloin, and T-bone. Okay. Ribeye, I'm going to put at the bottom. All right. Gotcha. Because, hey, here's an embarrassing question, and you can feel free to not answer me and make me drown in it. Is there a difference between ribeye and ribs? Um, Yes. Yes, there is. Cool, cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, mm, That changes my answer profusely. So, T Bone at the bottom because I think it has the most bone, right? Mm -hmm. I, not a fan of bone in meat. So, T Bone at the bottom. Then the ribeye, then would you say tenderloin? Yes. Yeah, then tenderloin at the top. Okay. Two more. Remember, this is acquired taste. You obviously are a connoisseur. We're doing oh, obviously, yes. Martial arts. Okay. We're going to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, otherwise known as BJJ, Muay Thai. Is it? Yep, BJJ, Muay Thai, and boxing. Straight up boxing. So I'm going to put boxing in the middle because okay. I think it's the most intense. 
but I also think that it doesn't have as much of an art form to it. Um, yeah, man. Actual facts. <laughs> and so I think Brazilian jiu-jitsu yep. is like, it, it's number one because it has that balance between skill and power. Mm, and right. then the, And then the third one. And then Muay Thai. What we're learning is I can only really hold two pieces of information in my head at any given time. <laughs> All right. We're going to number uh, 10. We're going to do whiskey brands. These are very popular. Um, not necessarily the best, but of name these three in order. Woodford Reserve. Okay. Yep. Wild Turkey. Elijah okay. Craig. Okay. Bottom uh, Wild Turkey. I think turkey is gross, and yep. I don't want anything associated with it. Number Makes two, sense. Elijah Craig. I mean, it speaks for itself. Number one is the reserve, because it's reserved for a reason, which means it has to be saved for special occasion. Makes sense. So that concludes our regular run-of-the-mill round one acquired taste. Now, for your final essay, I have three subjects. I want you to talk about them as much as you can and really okay. break down for the audience. Maybe what beginners should try out, what experts are trying out, where's, you know, the segment moving. Do you see trends? So let's see what you got. Would you like to talk about watches, cigars, or sneakers? Let's talk about watches. All right. All Tell right. me what you know about watches. Tell me about the space. So watches, like any other part of fashion, goes through waves of practicality, right? And right now, we are in a down wave of practicality where you are going to see anybody put something on that put you're going to be you're going to see somebody put anything on their wrist and call it a watch. Sometimes it won't have watch hands, it won't have a watch face. Sometimes it's just a watch band and you talk to them and you're like, "Hey, isn't that just a bracelet?" and suddenly they've decked you and you're on the floor and you really don't have a good response to that. So you've learned to just stop questioning people and their watch preferences. Now, don't worry, this element of watch fashion is going to go away in like two or three years time now right. what complicates the market is uh smart smart watches now in general smart watches are not a high fashion piece of product it is usually used for productivity and pure practicality reasons now there are a few ways that you can style a smartwatch and make it look a little bit better for example you can throw it in the trash and put on a good watch and that usually helps uh, your accessorability, your accessories in general, and it helps balance you out as a person. Now, if you're looking to get into the watch game, be mindful it is not a cheap one. You know, you can get a Dora the Explorer watch from your local five and dime for five or a dime. Right. And you can do that, but it's not really going to put you in in the space, in the market. So in order to make sure that you sell your worth as a watch wearer, you need to be dropping 15, 20 bucks on a watch minimum. And then when you're ready to get into the big leagues, you might be able to put 40, 45 away for it. Now, don't forget the turnaround on these watches happen very quickly. So if you buy a watch for 15, you you need to sell that for 20 immediately, otherwise it's going to drop in an instant. So, the watch game is not about just fashion, but about investments. And wow, Craig, you're really blowing me away, man. <laughs> um, and I think before we give away too many industry secrets, we're going to have to wrap it up. <laughs> this was an instance of Craig. Stop talking. Okay. Craig. Um, we're going to call that segment um, Acquired Taste. It's really where you can learn about us co-hosts, our passions, and just a little bit of uh, secrets about our preferences. Um, you'll see it back. It's a bomber and a banger. Uh, Depends on who's talking. Okay. Now, the What Hit Wonder today is very simple. It's called Object or Person. Yep. And I'm going to put you into different scenarios, mm -hmm. and I'm going to let you choose between an object or a person. Perfect. Okay? It's like very uh, simple. F. Mary Kill, except yeah. two things and one's a person. So would you rather mm -hmm. be stranded on a deserted island with yep. two gallons of water or Bear grills? Bear grills, Hands down, not even close. Okay. Would you rather be... Would you rather be in a cooking competition and have a full comprehensive cookbook or julia child's child i'm gonna go cookbook 
Although okay. it's a close one. Okay. Mostly um, because I forgot who Julia Child was for m- <laughs> most of the time we've been talking. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, would you rather have gone with the wind? To te- <laughs> yes. Would you rather have a year's worth of, t- in terms of you are developing a new game, right? Okay. Would yep. you rather have a year's worth of coding knowledge or Bill Gates? Bill Gates, dude. Yeah. 100%. He owns... Okay. Okay. I'm just The way I thought about it is, you know, he owns a lot of stuff, but he's not... In terms of, you know, development, he hasn't been in that game for a little bit, so... Yeah, at the very least, I'm using his money. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> uh, did you have anything? Did you have any scenarios? Yeah, bro. Okay. Would you rather, right, have... Two weeks of studio time with Machine Gun Kelly or one month of smoking time with Snoop Dogg. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to say the studio time just because, man, I would not. I don't vibe with either of those people. And I feel like I would get more out of the studio time, quite frankly. Would you rather, right, spend your time digging holes like in the book Holes? Right? So six feet by six feet, the whole thing. Yeah. Or spend two weeks on a beach, no sunscreen. <sighs> but man, food is provided, re- obviously. Like, you're not going to worry really about have surviving. A, I don't really have a person to bail me out of either of these. Um, so I, I guess the sunscreen one. Interesting. Okay. Um, and would, would you, you rather... So, <clears throat> okay. Yep. You do yours. Would you rather be... On Extreme Home Makeover with the OG cast and crew, we're bringing Ty out, move that bus, whole thing. <laughs> or, right, you get a year's worth of personal lessons of cooking from the good old Gordon Ramsay with no yelling. With the no nice yelling? He's the nice Ooh, version. Probably the Gordon Ramsay one. I could impress way more people with a nice meal than nice food. Or, or than a nice house, sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but I like what you're. I like your sticking to your guts. <laughs> okay, so would you rather have a hundred and twenty million dollar movie budget? Yep, that. But but no, but all of your crew is amateurs. Mm-hmm. Or would you rather have a ten million dollar budget and you have like two? Uh, I can afford it, two. It, <laughs> <laughs> And you are co-directing with... I don't know. Who's a director you hate? Christopher Nolan. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Would you, you, Christopher with, Nolan. With Christopher Nolan. Christopher but that's, Nolan. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. Quentin Tino. Quentin Tino. Guy Ritchie. What about like Speedball. Edgar Wright? Uh, I'm going to do Edgar Wright purely in hopes that we become friends. And then I can be in his movies later. <laughs> we'll figure something out. I'm, I'm not okay. going to be putting out good stuff with either one of these. So I'm, I got to no. bank on connections. <clears throat> okay, um, fair enough, fair enough. Would you rather, right, put out a cult classic movie at the same standard as The Room or have a TV show that goes for 20 seasons that people forget is on, like uh, Law & Order SVU? Um, it depends, it depends. <clears throat> and by the way, you're the director for both of these. You're not in either of these. Because if I was just... Am I directing all 20 seasons or is it kind of like you have to have your hands in every single episode? Oh, man. You know what? I think I'm going to do the TV show one because having my hands in it can mean various things. I can still do other projects along the way. So I think I think I'm going to do that one. So last one, last one. Would you rather have um, a book that you are not proud of? sell well under your name yep. or a book that you are proud of sell well and you're a ghostwriter for james patterson the first one 100 okay sells well under my own name i'm not proud of it but it bankrolls my life 100 bro all yeah, right dude i enough. thought about this like there's people there's like hella people with ghostwriters do they even get i'm assuming they get paid but like yeah yeah what's that like well ju- i mean like Think of James, like James Patterson is the the standard for that, right? Yeah, but also R.L. Stein has put out like 60 books in 25 years. Yeah. It's like, what are so, we talking about, bro? That's impossible. And I will, sometimes I'll get TikToks of people talking about like just how shady it is to be a ghostwriter for James Patterson. 
And I'm just like, man, that does not sound because it's one of those things where it's like it sounds good because you're an up and coming writer and you don't have any other choices. But the repercussions of that would just be like it's it's absolutely crazy. Sure. So I I I don't disagree with you there. Um, But that was uh, that was the object or person scenario choice. Alex, have you been watching anything recently? Um, I've watched two things. I watched Spiderhead on Netflix with Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. It's um, it's not bad. It's it's a okay. movie length Black Mirror episode. I don't I'm, I don't think they're officially affiliated with Black Mirror, but it's that vibe the whole way. Um, I forgot how much I missed Miles Teller, and I forgot how good of an actor Chris Hemsworth can be when he's not Thor or just being a funny guy. Like he was being like a real human being. Um, so like those guys in that movie made it good. It's not going to change your life, but it's an easy watch. And a lot of it's just, it's just like a black mirror episode, like a, what if, um, it's basically about a bunch of inmates who elected to be part of a study, um, of a pharmaceutical company that can give you pills to control your emotions. So they're just running tests on you and seeing how you interact under the influence of this stuff. And it's it's pretty cool. I'm trying to think of other Chris Hemsworth. Like, he's in the beginning of the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek. And that's, like, the first movie I think of when I think of Chris Hemsworth movies that aren't Thor. Um, He was in Extraction, uh, the big Netflix. Yeah, p- people like that movie. I haven't gone about to see it. Oh, Men in Black. He was in Men in Black. Yeah, the one without <laughs> Will Smith. He was also in Snow White and the Huntsman. Remember that thing? Yeah. Oh, um, Kristen Stewart was in that, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Miles Teller, Oh, I think he was also in one... Red Dawn, the reboot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But Miles Teller is one of those actors that I feel so incredibly neutral towards. Like, even in Whiplash, I'm like, I don't think he... Did he win any awards for that? Um, I think... I'm sure he was nominated. J.K. Simmons kind of cleaned up. Yeah. Um, I don't think he won. I think he did. He does a good job in that movie, and that is a sure. good movie. But I don't think you know Whiplash and Top Fantastic Gun Four and fan- no. Unironically, I was gonna say Fantastic Four. Miles Teller is never the reason any of those three movies performed how they performed, in my opinion. Yeah, nothing against the guy. I think he's fine. He's just not like a selling point for me. I think he attaches himself to pretty good projects um, and they will win or lose without him. Like he was also yes. in uh, War Dogs with um, Jonah Ke- Hill. Jonah Hill. I remember that movie coming out right after because those tra- the trailers for that movie started coming out right after we had seen Fantastic Four. And I'm like, I don't know if I should give this guy another chance. Yeah, I wouldn't like, saw it. He's also in the Divergent um, movies, right? I never saw him, yeah. but like, I think he was in it. Yeah, I was not a big enough fan of the Divergent books to watch those movies, so, oh well. And, and then he was in a bunch of rom-coms before that, so I obviously yeah. have no idea what he's in. But he seems super cool, really handsome guy, bro. Like, I'm like, and he's also 35. I thought he was a lot closer to our age. Oh, wow. Um, But I think he's going to be one of those actors who we just see for the rest of our lives. And then our kids are like, oh, have you heard of Miles Teller? I'm like, bro. Have I heard of Miles Teller? He's the bomb and we've been watching him forever. So I think he's just going to be one of those guys. Good movie, though. Would recommend. It's it's just a seven. But it's interesting. I took my grandparents to see Elvis. And let me tell you, that certainly is a two and a half hour movie. (laughs) So we are kind of professionals when it comes to musical biopics. I mean. We've, we did a month on it. To call us professionals yeah. is certainly throwing our javelin a little far. But so what I will say is Elvis is definitely a musician biopic, right? Everything that I say in every episode from that month can be transferred here. Um, it does not do a lot on his downfall in terms of substances. It talks about his career downfall and his financial downfall. But in terms of like his physical and mental downfall, not so much, yep. which I think is not the... It's a weird choice because Elvis's history in general is how you talk about it, I think 
is very important because a lot of people get criticized for romanticizing his relationship with a teenager and uh, what he takes from blues culture and black culture and everything like that. And so this movie does a very good job at showing his influence from black culture, um, how he was raised in like black spiritualism and what he takes from that culture. It does not, however, talk about Priscilla being a teenager. Okay, but is <laughs> they, Priscilla in they, the movie? She has to be. Yes, she is. She is. The fact that she is a teenager is brought up offhandedly in uh, voiceover narration, and then they don't bring it up again. Which Does is she look like a teenager? Kind of. Kind of. Listen, bro, that's good. It means they're being authentic to the source material, which is real life. <laughs> And I think Austin Butler genuinely does a very good job at portraying Elvis. He looks I don't think, like it, dude. I don't think the movie is going to win any awards, but Austin Butler definitely has a chance. Uh, however, I will say this is my least favorite Tom Hanks performance. Tom Hanks is just straight up not good in this. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's a bummer because he is, one might call, the antagonist of the movie. And so it just Yikes. every scene he's in is just not fun. to. It, it's mostly the accent. He has this weird, like, pseudo-Cajun Southern accent that he does not nail. And so every scene he's in, he's just, like, in and out of this accent. And I just never really believe anything he's saying. Because the point of his character, you know, mimicking the person in real life, is right. that he's a con man, right? Okay. yeah. But it's not that I don't believe him because he's a con man. It's that I don't believe him because he doesn't feel like he knows what he's doing at any given point. Oh, jeez, dude. So that was kind of a bummer. All in all, I think the story is cool. I think the story is portrayed pretty well. Um, what did your grandparents uh, think? They liked it. You know, they don't, you know, use the same language that we do to communicate it. But, you know, my grandma is like, she was one of those Elvis girls, right? She mm -hmm. had his records. Like, she still has, like, a wall of his CDs and everything like that. And so that's the reason why I took them is because, like, they're in town. This movie is out. I have access. Let's do this. Um, Dope. And I'm going to give it a six and a half because it's a cool story. I just think the movie itself wasn't well put together. I'm one of those people. This is my last critique on it. I'm one of those people where I don't notice when editing is good, which is kind of on purpose, right? That's kind of the thing about being an editor is people only notice when the editing is bad. Hey, right. guess what? I noticed. Oh, no, dude. <laughs> it's See, just like this movie tries to be stylized because Elvis has a lot of comic book inspiration as well. Elvis grew up reading comic books. And the movie tries to insert that into certain points of the story. But they only do it in certain points. So it feels very jagged and inconsistent. Okay, in terms so which of one was tone. better, Bye Bye Birdie or this Elvis movie? <laughs> because it sounds I, about on par with I each mean, other. this Elvis movie, I would say. Okay. Uh, in terms of like depicting an Elvis. So, yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think that a lot of people are going to treat this movie like a, like a kind of cinematic gospel. Like you know, Ray, it's rated very Elton highly. John, all that stuff. Yeah. But it just, it didn't speak to me, which is why it sits at a comfortable six and a half. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um. Anything else? Yeah. I watched one more thing. Um, Snoop Dogg hosts a comedy show on Netflix right now. So he came out with a show. He has six comedians on and he just hosts it. These are his friends. He wants to put them on. Um, it was okay. Um, you have to like black comedy. To like any of it which i'm cool with i knew four of them before four of the six um the issue i had with it is the first 10 minutes is snoop dogg and he's doing like a minute and 30 seconds of a couple of his hits um and then he has jokes that were either written for him or he's winging it but it's not good and that's like the first 15 minutes um yeah, so i skipped through snoop a couple dogg I've never been a big fan of Snoop Dogg's personality. So whenever he comes on to do anything that's not pre-written, I just like, 
it's it never sticks with me. I love Snoop Dogg as like a co-host. Like he needs someone to play off of. Him just by himself feels weird. Um, I feel the same way about a lot of people though. So this is not just him. Um, Samuel L. Jackson is the same thing for me, I guess. It's like, I don't want him to be the lead, but he's a great guy to play off of. You need a straight man next to him. You need a John Travolta. You need a DiCaprio. You need someone else in the situation so it's not just them. So Snoop Dogg brings out, I mean, six comedians. I'll tell you the good ones, Donnell Rawlings. I think he's second to last. Very good. He's also friends with like Dave Chappelle. He's been on some other stuff. Very good. He's also has a couple other stuff on um, Netflix. Um, someone I hadn't heard of, but is very good, is Melanie Camancho. She did very well. She's probably had the most jokes. Um, Cat Williams did an okay job. Um, I think if you like Cat Williams, you'll like this. If you don't like Cat Williams, you definitely won't. Um, I mean, who else? D- uh, Dean Del Rey. No, D. Ray Davis did uh, a set. It was all right. Um, it was a lot of just all right stuff. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not going to recommend this unless you like mo- the majority of the comedians. Um, and it was all right. I'm not going to watch it again. It wasn't super memorable. I think it introduced me to new people, which is helpful. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't have very much to say about this. All I'm right, give fair it enough. A f- four and a half, five. <laughs> it's just average. Uh, it's whatever okay well that's it for this week next week we are watching jackie chan's who am i which if you plan on watching along with us good luck (laughs) good luck good luck (laughs) finding it it's not on any streaming service and you can't it's not even available to rent so we kind of had to kind of search through the internet backlogs to find a way to watch it but so we'll make sure that next week we do um we we talk about it in a little bit more detail because we understand that there's a little bit of a hang-up about it which is which is weird because when i go to imdb and check out jackie chan who am i is listed as number one and is known for yeah so like it's not like this movie is obscure it's It's kind of a big deal yeah um so (laughs) yeah man i don't know i might have to download a vpn to watch it somewhere else it's rough um just audience dedicate some time to finding it don't think you can just flip it on you're gonna need to find it and just know that the version you watch might be in 480p bro so figure it out (laughs) but that's a problem for next week until then my name is craig wells aka permanent handle and i'm alex good aka alex good have fun be safe and make good choices while you're at it Tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.